Hey, listener, this is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We are actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to UpMyInfluence.com slash guest. Let's get on with the show. All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And today I have with me Roy Lipsky, who is the CEO and president of Creo. Um, he's currently based in San Diego, which I lived at for 20 years. I don't envy him at all right now because he has perfect weather while it's gloomy here in Virginia Beach. But anyway, if you want to learn more about Roy and his company, you can visit creoingredients.com. Creo is spelled C-R-E-O. Uh, ingredients.com. And also you can check more about him and at his website at RoyLipsky.com, which is spelled R-O-Y-L-I-P-S-K-I.com. Roy, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm delighted to be with you. And as you said, it is beautiful here in San Diego. Another day in paradise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I said, and like I said, I don't envy at all. <laughs> I don't <laughs> wish that I was there. Um, but Roy, I thought I'd ask, um, you know, since 2020, I like to do what I call mental health check-ins and check in with people. So I thought I'd ask you a really, uh, a really important question. How are you doing really nowadays? <laughs> well, I've just moved house. So everything is in boxes and there's chaos everywhere. Um, <laughs> but I am very happy to be in this place. But I don't think that's really what you were asking me about. I'm feeling really positive. Um, you know, yeah. I think 2020 was a difficult year for all of us. Yes. Um, yeah. I actually got COVID and recovered. Wasn't wow. too bad in my case, thankfully. Okay. But um, yeah, uh, I, I went through that. Wow. Um, but, but yeah, it was, it was a difficult year for a lot of us. Um, but, you know, just as they say, the darkest hour is just before the dawn. Mm -hmm. I feel that 2021 is going to be the, 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 the mirror image of that. It's going to be a fantastically good year. Um, you know, a lot of things are happening, uh, have already happened. We got vaccine on its way. I think there's going to be this kind of, I don't think, I, I think, I think we don't realize how much this has affected us. And I think that the lifting of the restrictions and the return to normal life is going to be such a, an event where yeah. it's like, like the end of the second world war, we'll be partying in the streets, V-Day, we can live our life again. So I think next year is going to be fantastic once we get into the second quarter and, you know, everyone has been immunized and then we can return to normal life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, definitely. 2020 has been, uh, had been quite an interesting year. And um, I think that this year I've just learned to focus on um, things that I'm grateful for or appreciate like what I already have, um, as opposed to think about the opportunities that I feel like I may have missed out on, you know, and I hope to carry that lesson of gratitude um, into the new year. Very good thought. Yeah. Well, Roy, um, thank you so much for answering that question. Um, everyone answers it differently. And so um, it's always nice to hear how people are doing nowadays. Uh, let's go ahead and transition into what you do at Creo. For people that are hearing about your company for the first time, um, what's it about and who do you love to serve? Yes, thank you. So, so Creo is a biotech company. Uh, we were set up with the mission of 
helping to bring the benefits of cannabinoids, I'll talk a little bit more about what that is in a minute, uh, really to, to, to every household. And to do that, um, we have a technological approach, which we believe uh, uh, gets rid of some of the barriers that today exist to really bring these the benefits of, of, of these compounds uh, to, to every everyday people everywhere. And, and also importantly, the, the other side of our mission is, is to do this in a way that um, is, 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 is responsible and less harmful to the environment. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the theme for, you know, the big uh, next hundred years uh, of human uh, progress is how do we manage to uh, retain the uh, progress that we have achieved uh, as a species, but in a way that uh, is in harmony and doesn't harm the planet. Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. Um, you mentioned uh, cannabinoid ingredients, and for people that are hearing about that for the first time, can you let them know what you mean or what what these ingredients are? <laughs> right. So um, I guess one of the most commonly known cannabinoids is called CBD. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one that's very well known is called THC. It's the cannabinoid that you know makes you uh, lightheaded and intoxicated. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is that the, you know the, the cannabis plant uh, uh, and the hemp uh, produce hundreds of different cannabinoids. Mm-hmm. Most of them in trace amounts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only really CBD and TB- THC that are naturally found in in meaningful. Uh, quantities in nature. Mm-hmm. And because of that, um, they're the only ones that have really been used or studied uh, in any meaningful way to date. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I describe our current situation is uh, like, you know, w- we're watching TV in black and white. We've only got two cannabinoids, CBD and THC, to do anything with. Mm-hmm. But there's this kind of universe of color out there that we've been missing out on. And so what we at Creo are doing is bringing all these other rare cannabinoids uh, to market in a rely- as a reliable supplier in quantities, high quality, purity, et cetera, so that people can start making products with these and we can start benefit from, from uh, uh, all of these cannabinoids. Now, let me step back for um, a few uh, seconds here and just just talk about cannabinoids in general i mean why are these of interest well there, there was this great article in in science magazine a few years ago and it kind of interviewed uh, a lot of uh, medical experts uh, on on cannabinoids and they described them as you know a treasure trove for medical research mm. it's like we stumbled on this whole new species of plants in the middle of the amazon that we've never studied before mm. and it can do all these wonderful things and then the, the reason why we haven't studied it even though it's been in plain sight is because there's been this sort of regulatory stigma around it mm-hmm. where right. you know uh, uh, they have been trying to limit control to THC, which is the intoxicating cannabinoid. And by so doing, they basically put all of the other cannabinoids off limit. Mm. So now we are in a situation where we're able to begin to look at these compounds. And these compounds have, it turns out, amazing effects on the human body. We have discovered that um, within our own bodies, we make cannabinoids. They're called endocannabinoids. Mm-hmm. And not only do we make these cannabinoids, so they play an important function in, in how uh, the body regulates itself. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out that pretty much every cell in the body contains endocannabinoid receptors. That means that these compounds can have an effect on literally every part of our body. And not only that, these receptors go back in the evolutionary tree for a long, long way back. So, mm-hmm. you know, cannabinoids have been part of our biology and, and generally biology of mammals and other species for a very, very long time. So they do something quite fundamental. Mm-hmm. and cannabinoids from the plant interact with these same receptors. And so that's why these cannabinoids have the ability to affect so many aspects of health, from inflammation to pain to uh, uh, you know irritation to mood, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. The list goes on and on and on. The thing is, though, all these different cannabinoids, they interact slightly differently with these receptors. Mm-hmm. So the ability to really unleash this whole family of compounds gives us the ability to uh, benefit much more um, in a much more targeted way than we can today just with THC and CBD. Mm-hmm. I really love uh, what you mentioned earlier about how CBD and THC is really just the black and white. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a small part of the overall rainbow of <laughs> cannabinoids. And you are in this place where you're like, we're, we're in a fortunate time now, I think, where we're beginning to destigmatize um, this type, these type of ingredients to say like, there's a lot of health benefits. And I can say uh, firsthand how much I personally benefit, benefited from CBD oil. Um, I never like I, I was diagnosed with mild depression a couple of years ago, and I realized that I actually had it all my life when I started to realize the symptoms. At first, I was in denial, as everyone probably is when they're diagnosed with depression. But um, I remember my husband, who's a veteran, and he's really big in getting involved in the cannabis industry. Um, you know, he, we were able to benefit from getting discounted CBD oil. And I remember one day I ended up um, just taking it. And, and I never knew that I had depression until really that moment when I suddenly just felt happy. <laughs> I just, mm-hmm. I just naturally, I just, ha- I just didn't feel the need to feel gloomy and sad. Like it just wasn't like my, it wasn't like a default setting that I was going to anymore. And in addition to that, like what you mentioned, Roy, is I also love um, just the health benefits of it. Like being able to um, like reduce inflammation and, and feel less sore or recover faster um, after a workout. Now, obviously um, you know, the results will vary for everyone, <laughs> but in my own personal experience of having tried so many other things, um, it's astounding how impactful even just CBD uh, oil alone can be uh, for the human body. Absolutely. Um, you know, <laughs> we might have a chance to talk about this um, a bit later, but, you know, when I first got involved in the industry back in 2015, mm-hmm. um, you know, I will, the way I got to learn about it was going to trade shows and walking the floor and talking to various suppliers and product manufacturers. And it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Every single person you spoke to had a personal story about how cannabinoids, how CBD have has impacted their life. I mean, some ailment or medical condition from skin rashes and, mm-hmm. and the stories were endless. And that's one of the first things that really kind of piqued my interest. You know, I, I'm a scientist by education. I studied biochemistry. Um, and so, you know, I'm attuned to uh, 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 a lot of medical um, aspects. And uh, 
you know, this really stood out that there, there is so much real anecdotal evidence from users that this thing really does something. When I first came across the notion of medical cannabis, I was pretty skeptical. I was like, mm. yeah, you know what? This is just a way for people to get high and, <laughs> you know, legally, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't until I really started interacting uh, with members of the industry that I began to realize this is this is a true medical medicinal plant. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and that kind of combined with my scientific uh, interest, where I uh, conceived of basically a way to produce cannabinoids that uh, would allow the, uh, to unleash their full potential in the mm -hmm. marketplace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really incredible. So uh, you had, um, this is great because my next question was actually good to ask you, how'd you get into the space? And it sounds like you started uh, back in 2015. Um, and uh, here you are today. <laughs> you are today with a biotech company um, doing what you can to really bring the rainbow out of these cannabinoids. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I told you the one half of the story, which was the cannabis bit, but let me kind of maybe relay the, the biotech bit. Yeah. Uh, so as I mentioned earlier, I'm a scientist by education. I've never worked uh, as a scientist to the bench or anything like that, but mm -hmm. what I've done for the last 25 years and it really only makes sense in hindsight, <clears throat> is um, I have taken world-class science out of the lab and turned it into real-world businesses. My first mm. business was an artificial intelligence software company that was based out of some algorithms developed in Cornell University, actually for the moon rover that we repurposed into AI. Uh, what brought me here to the U.S. was some technology out of uh, Oxford University Chemistry Laboratory mm -hmm. for producing truly renewable jet fuel. Um, and that's still a technology that I think uh, will, will, will have a big impact in the years to come. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I love science. I love technology. But I'm really excited about how to take science with, from being theoretical from being in the laboratory to getting to really touch and impact real people in the real world. And bridging that gap is, is essentially what I do. So back in 2015, <clears throat> I'd left my, my previous venture and I was looking for inspiration again. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of delved into all these areas of science. And one area that really piqued my interest was called biosynthesis, which is um, an area that has been quietly really kind of growing in the background that we don't know about it. And it's, it's amazing. I call this like the last great domestication. We domesticated, mm. um, uh, you know, we domesticated plants, we domesticated uh, 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 farm animals. We're now domesticating mm. microbes. Wow. Yeast, bacteria, and we're using them. Uh, through our knowledge and our science today to produce and manufacture an amazing array of compounds in a truly sustainable way. So mm -hmm. think of it like a high-tech brewery and you've got this special strain of a microbe and you put it there and you brew it and hey, presto, it produces human insulin mm -hmm. or it produces vitamin E or it produces um, you know, lemon flavor. Mm -hmm. A lot of our organic compounds that we are now using 
consuming as ingredients is produced in this way. And this is the future because it allows us to access these natural compounds in a way that is much more sustainable, much less land, much less water, uh, uh, much less electricity than sort of either synthetically producing them from hydrocarbons or mass agriculture, which we all know has big impacts on, on the planet. Mm-hmm. And so I got really interested in this technology um, and I got to know a professor at Rice University, Ramon Gonzalez, who was a, you know, a real leading researcher in the field. And I was kind of looking for stuff in his lab, looking for something that might be ready to take out into the real world. And I couldn't find it. And a friend of mine, Tom, at the time said, look, you know, you should have a look at the cannabis industry. I kind of laughed it off. But then I did start looking at it. And, you know, I've already told you about how I I learned that it really does something and really impacts people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I also saw a real business opportunity there. It was a mm. huge market. It was already $5 billion growing at 30% per annum, which is, you know, almost unheard of in the industry, history of industries to be so big and grow so fast at the same mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were no big companies at the space at the time. So I was kind of at this time, I was thinking about how can I use this, biosynthesis technology and I was thinking about the cannabis industry and then literally it it struck me like a bolt of lightning I was out on a long bike ride one day and I had to Mm -hmm. stop I was shaking with excitement and I was like hang (laughs) on why do we use biosynthesis to produce these cannabinoids Mm -hmm. and so I rushed back and I started researching and it seemed like no one had really been thinking about it yet Mm -hmm. um and, and I got together with a professor and he said, yeah, I think we can do this. So we formed the company mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the rest of the story continues from there. But that's kind of the, the genesis of how I got, got into this. And, and maybe a little bit later, um, you know, I'll have a chance to talk a little bit about why uh, I think this fermentation approach uh, really can unleash the potential of these compounds. Yeah, absolutely. I want to go ahead and uh, shift gears a little bit and talk about the business side of what you do. So you married biotech with cannabinoids and, you know, hence your company, Creo. Um, You know, I I hear very often that this is a very highly regulated or, you know, kind of industry or it's it's unsafe or it's risky. And so I'm curious what the journey has been for you to be able to operate uh, your business, kind of knowing just what we said earlier, the regulatory stigma, just the general cultural stigma of cannabis in general. Like, how has it been like to navigate that with your business? Um, It's been actually a, a... An important aspects of 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 why we do what the thing why we do what we do the way we do it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, our mission is to bring these compounds to every household, and and so there's a number of things that need to happen for that to occur. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there needs to be regulatory clarity. Mm-hmm. Now, no big company is going to step in and put this in their mass market products if there was any legal uncertainty around it so the regulatory and legal aspect of it is really important Mm -hmm. but also there are other aspects you know if 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 you're going to put this in toothpaste if you're going to put it in mouthwash in in beauty products and you're going to do this uh, in a real truly mass market way which is what you need to do let's face it to bring it to every household because the mass gives you the reach it also brings the cost of production down so people can afford it more, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. 
These compounds, therefore, have to, uh, the manufacturers have to feel, you have to be able to trust that the compound is going to be the same every time they order it. It's mm -hmm. going to be produced to the highest quality. That it's going to be pure of all kinds of contaminants. Mm -hmm. And from an economic point of view, they need to know that the price is not going to be moving around, in, you know, enormously all the time. They need to be able to plan on a certain price point. And 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 you know, this is this is the problem with the plant uh, approach, which is um, it's seasonal. Mm. The product itself varies in composition according to harvest and location and an amount of sun and all kinds of variables. There's a lot of risk of contamination with pesticides and uh, uh, and herbicides and various things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the price is volatile. It goes up and down all the time according to, you know, we had a good harvest or we had a bad harvest or the snow this year or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, the way we produce cannabinoids today is not really well suited to take it into every household. Mm -hmm. And so this is where biosynthesis is where fermentation comes in. You can produce a volume reliably with high purity, you know, everything that goes in, which is basically just sugar. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, and you can do this in a way that is much less harmful to the environment. Mm -hmm. Now on the regulatory side of things, more good news so the way the kind of um, regulations were written in the U.S., which were really kind of set by a template, which was the 1971 Convention on Nar UN United Nations Convention on Narcotics, mm -hmm. what they did is they said, ah, THC, off limits. That's a scheduled substance. I don't care how you make it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a scheduled substance. And you can, I guess, understand it in some perspective. That is the compound that is most intoxicating. However, THC was really primarily produced by growing cannabis plant. Mm -hmm. And so what they also did, and this was the big mistake, they scheduled the entire cannabis plant. Mm -hmm. So anything that you produce from cannabis, you know, all plants contain sugar. You could produce sugar from cannabis and it would be a scheduled substance. Mm -hmm. So they basically lumped it all together and put it all off limits. Now, mm -hmm. the individual cannabinoids like CBD or, T or, or, or CBG, which is the one that we're focused on right now, and maybe I'll talk about that in a minute, these cannabinoids were not scheduled in their own right. Mm -hmm. But if you produce them not from the cannabis plant, you're okay. Mm -hmm. And so the whole approach that we were following kind of sidestepped a lot of the legal complication that involves with production from plants. Yeah, it sounds like you uh, really figured out something here. It reminds me of um, really the start of the oil industry and how difficult it was to, you know, get oil out of the ground and how unsustainable that really was. And then Rockefeller found a way to refine the oil to make it last longer. <laughs> and so the way the way that you describe it very much reminds me of the early stages of the oil industry. <laughs> I, think, um, I think we are on the cusp of something that will be with us for a long time to come. Because as I say, I mean, at the end of the day, these compounds really do wonderful things. Yeah. Uh, and so we will, we will use them. They will, in fact, I'll tell you a funny theory that's been floating out there. And mm -hmm. I, I'm not necessarily saying that I'm putting my name behind it, but there's a there's a, a nice logic and story to it. And then the theory goes like this, you know, 
during human evolution, mm-hmm. we lived off the land, we lived off plants, and we lived on, and, and, and the plants that were around for a long time during our evolutionary history are different to the plants we have today. Have today. And they, they believe that cannabinoids were much more common in plants in the past than they are today. Today, it's primarily in cannabis, a bit in hops, etc. Mm. You know, some people believe that in the distant past, these were much more common. And so it kind of raises this really interesting notion that humans basically co-evolved with cannabinoids. We evolved to have them as part of our diet. And now when they're no longer part of our diet, because the world around us has changed, Mm. our need has not changed. Mm. And that's why people believe that actually there's almost this base level of cannabinoids that you need to consume just to be healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm. That is something worth contemplating about. (laughs) Um, Roy, I want to make sure that uh, we cover all our bases here before we wrap up soon. So I just, uh, before I shift gears to one of my final questions, I just wanted to know, is there anything else you want people to know about your company, Creo? Um, Just that, you know, we're coming to market uh, next year with our first cannabinoid called CBG. CBG is the mother cannabinoid. Mm. Uh, It's what all cannabinoids are made from in the plant, but it's been very rare historically. And then CBG, we call it the um, the skin cannabinoid. It has wonderful effects for the skin, for dry skin, for eczema, for various types of rashes and irritations. So uh, keep your eyes open for CBG. Remember it. That's the next cannabinoid. You heard it here for the first <laughs> time. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna have a wonderful impact on all of our lives. I love the sound of that. I personally have eczema, so my ears perked when you said that. <laughs> um, yeah, just. Cannabinoids, everything. Let's just talk about it. Um, Roy, I've, uh, thank you so much for just be getting in depth about what you do, how you've kind of married uh, biotech with cannabinoids and, um, and everything with Creo. Um, I want to go ahead and the last question is really talk to our listeners who are small business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, do you have any uh, maybe final words of advice or wisdom that you want to share with them to be successful, whether it's in your industry or just being in business in general? Absolutely. Thank you. Well, you know, I've been an entrepreneur five years, um, a science entrepreneur, but nonetheless an entrepreneur. And I think one of the most important lessons I learned early on mm-hmm. is don't be intimidated by experts. Mm-hmm. You know, we put up a lot of barriers for ourselves to say, oh, well, you know, we can't do that. Or I don't know enough about this. Or, you know, um, um, or, or another one we do is to say, you have a great idea and you think, oh, well, someone else must have thought about it before me. Right, right. Don't go down that route. You have mm-hmm. everything you need within you. Uh, have the courage, have the confidence, get stuck in, and you're going to learn more by doing than you ever will by studying, uh, doing paper research. Yeah, I think that's beautifully said. I think when people are typically taking on a new venture, it's very easy to look left and right and try to compare yourself to other people when, you know, really, and I'm just saying this because I started swimming during the pandemic and doing laps is like, sometimes you just have to stay in your lane or else you'll drown. (laughs) 
or it just, it just won't work out um, as well, or you won't be as impactful because, you know, you have the tools like you and only you have the tools, the story, the resources, the connections to be able to create whatever, or to really implement whatever idea that you have. It may look similar with other people, but only you have that uniqueness that you can offer to your idea. So I appreciate you saying that, Roy. Absolutely. And, you know, be true to yourself. That's the other mm-hmm. thing, which is, you know, an, a, a, a startup, an entrepreneurial venture is an expression, a personal expression of the entrepreneur has to come from you. It has to be true to you. Otherwise, you're never going to be able to give it the energy, the dedication, the passion that it will need to succeed. So mm-hmm. make sure that it really comes from the heart and it really is true to who you are. I love hearing that uh, coming from you, Roy. Uh, Roy just it has to come from the heart. <laughs> it's it's beautiful. I think that's. I, f- I feel like everyone I've interviewed on the Thoughtful Entrepreneur have has that level of empathy and love for what they do, and I feel like they're in business for the right reasons. And it very much sounds like um, that's the case for you, Roy. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And let me say, you know, whatever you're doing with that CBD, it's working really well. You are. <laughs> probably the most cheerful podcast presenter I've had the pleasure of speaking with in a very long time. Oh, shucks. Thank you for that. And that's recorded. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Awesome. Well, Roy, thanks again so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And again, to our listeners, this is Roy Lipsky, who is the president and CEO of Creo. You can learn more about him um, and his company at creoingredients.com. Remember that's spelled C-R-E-O, ingredients.com. Um, or you can learn more about Roy himself at his website, Roy Lips- roylipsky.com, which is spelled R-O-Y-L-I-P-S-K-I.com. Thank you all so much for joining us and we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.